Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Hey, it's weekend prep. We're here to get you ready for the weekend. It's Thursday. Uh, this comes out on Friday, but, you know, whatever. Getting ready for the weekend. It's, uh, it's a, always a good time, as usual. Sam Thelman's here, as always. Sam, would you rather have two games on Monday night or and get rid of Thursday night or keep Thursday night football and only have one game on Monday night? Uh, I'm keeping Thursday. I, I like the idea of uh, two games on Monday. Like, it's nice you have the one at 7 and the one at 8.30. I think that's a nice mix. But I think I think Thursday, going without the Thursday game, is kind of a long break. You go from Sunday to Sunday, essentially, with no football. No NFL football, I should say. Obviously, there's college football. But I like the nice Thursday. It um, It's only one game. You tune in. You don't have to watch Red Zone, watch six games. Like it's just a nice little break in the middle. It's nice for fantasy. It's I, I like the idea of one Thursday, one Monday night game. Would Would you be opposed to a Thursday night game and then two games on Monday night, or just keep it one Monday night? Um, I I like the idea. I don't know. Is Monday night football special for and like Sunday night football? It's just like it's its own like. Like, obviously, Sunday Night Football is not its own day, but it's kind of its own, like, I don't know how to describe it. Its own kind of, like, game day within itself. So, I like the idea of keeping one on Monday, one on Sunday, one on Thursday. I'm not opposed to it. I just I, I just think it's special what they've had going on with the one Monday night, one Sunday night footballs for so many years. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up is because we don't have any Thursday night football this week, week five, of the or week six of the NFL. Um and uh, so I, I was just curious to see. There's no Thursday night game. Now there is going to be two games. On Monday you'll get a game at 5, and then you'll get a game at 8.15. That is because the Bills had to play on Tuesday against uh, the Titans for a makeup COVID. Now they're going to play on Monday instead. Uh, they're supposed to play the Chiefs on Thursday night. They moved that, obviously, because you can't play on Tuesday and then turn around and play on Thursday. So that's the reason I bring that up is – uh, I, I've always enjoyed the, the idea of, of two Monday night games, and I like what they do. Uh, and week one, it's a game at 8 and then a game at 10 or 7. It's a game at 7 and a game at 10 um, for the West Coast viewers. I, I like it, a game at 5 and a game at 8.15. It allows us to uh, you know kind of come home uh, from work or school or whatever sit down, football's on, and you got another game after that. So I like the idea of two Monday night games. I would not be opposed to getting rid of Thursday night football. While it is a nice little breakup in the week, I would not be opposed to getting rid of it um, and just making it a uh, making the NFL on Sunday and Monday. Wouldn't be opposed to it. But anyways, we got a, uh, a big uh, show today, as always, breaking down uh, week number six in the NFL, getting you ready for the weekend. Um, Sam, uh, let's, let's start with some college football because um, – <clears throat> Alabama head coach Nick Saban tests positive for COVID-19, and now he won't be in attendance for the Alabama-Georgia game. Um, what kind of impact do you think that has on the Crimson Tide? Obviously, uh, they've been you know pretty good this year, um, as always, with, with Mac Jones, and there was some question on how he would perform. But your thoughts on Saban not being able to be there this weekend? I mean, it's it's definitely huge. There's a reason why the recruits have, or the assistants of him who have gone on 
to other places have never beat him because Saban's just different. I don't know what it is, whether it's just something inside him. He just gets Alabama to win games, and that's what makes him so special. And I don't know whether he has some secrets he doesn't tell his assistants or whatnot, but, like, it's it's huge. They could potentially lose the game to a, a, a great Georgia team, and maybe Georgia would have even possibly beaten Alabama with Nick Saban on the sideline, as we, as we saw last weekend, Ole Miss almost did. So it'll, it'll be interesting to watch. I think the absence of Saban is huge, but we'll have to see how Alabama players kind of react to their head coach not being on the sideline. Yeah, for sure. It'll be, it'll be something interesting to watch um, because you take out a leader, leader like Saban. I mean, he's been known to be this great you know, football leader on the sidelines. Obviously, he's been in football forever. So I think it'll have a major effect on in-game management. You know, not necessarily getting ready for the game because he can have Zoom meetings, whatever, do that remotely. But in game, in game adjustments, you can't do that. You remember his decision in the national championship a couple of years ago to put Tua Tagovailoa in to the game. Obviously, it was a game changing decision. So, I think it'll be interesting to to watch the in game management aspect of that. Yeah, and and if 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 the coach that's promoted the head coach for this game makes a questionable call let's say it's fourth and two and he decides to go for it that changes the whole game you're not going to have saving and his wisdom and so it, it's definitely big for this alabama team maybe they'll still be able to overcome it get a get a solid one against a top uh, sec team but we'll have to watch the game and find yeah, out it's a big opportunity for georgia here to get a win and obviously it would be a saving protege and uh, Kirby Smart uh, getting the the win against you know would it be considered a win against Nick Saban? I mean, obviously he's undefeated against his his protégés, but uh, yeah, lead to some debate and discussion there. That game is in Alabama though, so home field advantage to the Crimson Tide. Um, I think that's going to be an awesome matchup. It's uh, eight o'clock on Saturday. Uh, the LSU Florida game postponed due to um, some I believe it was LSU players testing positive for COVID nineteen, uh, so that game won't happen. Uh, some other college games, Pittsburgh-Miami I think will be a good matchup, ACC. Uh, Pittsburgh's shown that they've been going to be pretty good this year, Miami. Um, a lot of people are high on Miami, Sam, uh, but obviously they, they fell to Clemson big last week. Um, thoughts on, on this game on Saturday? Uh, I'm I'm riding high on Miami. I um, I think De'Aaron King's just another animal. I believe he's in the Heisman race still, Heisman watch, whatever you want to call it. Miami's currently favored by 13.5. That just shows even with the blowout loss um, against Clemson, that how good Miami is, because I think we can all agree Clemson's and Alabama is just on a different level, different status, and even with Miami losing by that much, they're still that much impressive. Miami's turned this team around from many years of just just below average play, and and I'm excited to watch them. Yeah, um, I, I I'm excited to watch them as well. Uh, but, yeah, like you mentioned, I think Clemson and Alabama just kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack uh, this year. And maybe even Georgia. We'll see um, what happens there. Sam, um, another topic, it doesn't really relate to college football, it, bouncing over the NFL a little bit. Uh, yesterday the Saints came out and said that they would not be opposed. They would embrace the idea of going to Baton Rouge to host their home games uh, the mayor of New Orleans has, has not restricted or, or re, uh, relaxed COVID restrictions to allow a limited number of fans into the Superdome down there um, in uh, New Orleans. So 
potential for the Saints to go play at LSU's Tiger Stadium. I would not. I would like to see uh, this happen for the Saints to be able to get fans and uh, maybe rub off on a little LSU luck from a year ago. Your thoughts on on the you know potential for the Saints to do this and and go to Baton Rouge for the season? I I don't like it, and I'll tell you why. Uh, LSU uh, before uh, this week, I'm sure you saw uh, Ed Ogeron said, "Let's pack the." Let's pack the fans in the stands against the Gators. Let's pack in the swamp, he, he said it. And what happened was LSU then got a bunch of COVID cases and now the game's canceled. So I don't like the idea of, of um, New Orleans kind of going to Baton Rouge just for that reason, just because they, they've had a lot of COVID cance- cases on campus. I believe this is the stadium on campus of LSU. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't really like the idea for the simple fact of that. I know they talked about because of the hurricane potentially moving to Lucas Oil, which never happened. But I just don't like the idea of them going to Baton Rouge when LSU literally has had a spike in COVID cases. Yeah, I mean – I don't think you're gonna. I don't think they would go get it at LSU. I think they would. It would be kind of a, a bu- not a bubble, but a you know bubble situation where you go at a hotel in Baton Rouge. You're the only ones there, um, and then you just go right to the stadium. So it, it should be um, interesting to see what they do. The Saints are on bye this week, so that could get done this week, and then their next uh, home game is Week Seven. I, I would like to see this. I think it would be good, a good move for both LSU and the Saints to see fans in the stands because at a certain point I mean it's hard to to be in a game and, and not have those fans there to provide that energy um, where you can look up and, and people are just screaming their heads off because they love the team so much um, and, and at a certain point that has an effect on how these players perform so uh, I think it would be a good move for New Orleans to go to Baton Rouge uh, the Saints at this point have allowed 750 people, and those are just family members of players and staff, into the games. Um, and it should be interesting to, to see where they go. 15 uh, NFL teams currently have approval to host spectators. Uh, the general public uh, from around the, the country, Atlanta, Carolina, Cincy, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Houston, Indy, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Miami, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and uh, Nashville with the Titans. So we'll see how this um, this situation progresses. Obviously, um, it'll be interesting to see what the Saints do and 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 what effect that has on uh, on uh, maybe New Orleans allowing some some fans in, in the future. But I thought it was just interesting that you know um, the Saints were considering it just because um, it, you know. Moving to a new stadium is not all that easy, but uh, yeah, we'll see if it works out for them. And New Orleans won't host the Super Bowl in 2024. It'll be 2025 because conflicts with Mardi Gras when the NFL switches to a 17-game schedule um, in the coming years. So yeah, it'll be interesting, Sam. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it'd be some something fun to follow. Saints on by this week. They come back with the Panthers in Week Seven. All right, let's get into some NFL conversation, Sam. Uh, the first topic: Le'Veon Bell. Released by the Jets, he was paid what was it, 28 million for 18 games. So he, he got away with a bargain there. Um, Le'Veon did, not the Jets, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um, thoughts on where he could go um, to give a boost to a team at this point in the season? 
So I actually have a tweet from Jeremy Fowler tweeted two years, or not two years ago, two hours ago. Le'Veon Bland's currently, Le'Veon Bell currently plans to sign with one of the three teams per source: Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills. So he will decide among these teams as early as today. So when looking at those teams, I'm saying go to the Bills. I like what Devin Singletary and that offense has done. But I think Le'Veon Bell and Devin Singletary together would make a, a phenomenal duo. you got him, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. You've got that entire offense who has been amazing up to this point. Kind of lackluster last week against the Titans, or on Tuesday against the Titans. But I think Le'Veon Bell could, could help the Bills out significantly, improve that rushing attack, which... Like, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are solid right now, but I think Le'Veon Bell just elevates it that much more. Yeah, well, he takes any team's running, ga- uh, running game to the next level. I think it could give a huge boost to the, the Bills, maybe not have to rely on Josh Allen's arm, which has proven at some points this season to not be as reliable. Um, so, yeah, I think he could he could fit in well with the Bills. Um, interesting that you mentioned these three teams, and, I, and I'm on Twitter looking at uh, – in. Uh, what everybody's tweeting about Le'Veon Bell. The Jets' next three opponents, Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs. So if he picks between one of them, he will play against them um, unless he picks the Dolphins because they play this Sunday and he obviously probably would not suit up for that game. So uh, we'll we'll see what Le'Veon decides to do. Um, I think the Bills would be great. I think the Chiefs would even be really good too. Um, I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire – this season has been okay. He's been a rookie, I think. So uh, we'll see what what he decides to do there. He'd be a boost to any team at this point in the season. Obviously, the Colts name was thrown out there because the Colts name is thrown out with any big name free yeah. agent. Like it seems like all the time, a big name free agent comes out. Colts, Colts pick him up. No, Colts yeah. aren't picking him up. Um, not at this point. So we'll see. We'll see where he goes, um, and, and it'll be interesting to um, to follow that and. Uh, and see what kind of impact he can have. The good news for other teams, if they want to pick up Le'Veon Bell, is that he, the um, Jets still have to pay him his, his remaining contract, which means that they only have to offer him, they can offer him less than what he makes from the Jets this year. So he can't make more than he makes from the Jets this year, so you could sign him for like a million dollars, and it would not take uh, you know as much cap space as um as it usually would so yeah we'll see what happens and uh, hopefully he finds a home there yeah all right let's move on uh we got a couple matchups to get to today um but before we do that four falcons test positive for the virus and i'm not saying this did happen sam but dan quinn when he left the facility after he got fired do a little <clears throat> coughing when he left you know Maybe trying to, you know, infect the team. At this point, I think it's great. I, I think, you know, the Falcons were kind of like, oh, thankfully, four people tested positive. Now we can take a week off. They don't have to lose another game. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah, but, I like, this season for the Falcons, I think we can agree, is basically a throwaway at this point. They, they hired a new uh, head coach in Raheem Morris. I'm not sure what they did with their GM, but – I I still I still think that the Atlanta Falcons want to figure what they have because I'm not sure whether they know whether what their identity truly is whether they're gonna stick to a re, whether they're gonna go to a rebuild or actually try to salvage the season. I know Matt Ryan's been uh, 
throwing around the trade uh, rumors a little bit, throwing it, especially with the Colts, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously no need for a clarification there. But I, th- I think the Falcons need to play out this season, see what they've got, see just how their roster fits together, whether they just need to blow it all together or they need to stick it together. So I wouldn't say it's a good thing. A week off isn't necessarily a bad thing for a team who's gone 0-5 and just needs to find some find some team chemistry together. So, like, it's not a bad idea to, sh- to shut them down for a week, but I, I-, I want to see them play. Yeah, well, we, we did bring up uh... – that in the show on Monday, I believe it was, you know, are the foul, you know, should the Falcons just tank at this point or should they try to repair and patch the team for the next couple of years to make another run at the playoffs? I said they should try to patch up the team. That's ultimately a decision that Arthur Blank now is going to have to make firing the GM and head coach. Um, and that decision will be, ba- will uh, base, you know, who he brings in uh, for GM and head coach next season. You know, if they if they you know want to tank or if they're going to try to ride it out, so it'd be interesting to watch and see what uh, what the Falcons do there. Maybe trading away Matt. I think if you trade away Matt Ryan, it's just an mm-hmm. ultimate rebuild there, obviously. Um, and maybe you just tank the rest of the season and go get Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Keep him in the uh, keep him down south there near Georgia. So. It'll be interesting to see what they exactly do on that front. Uh, Sam Colts Bengals coming up on Sunday. Obviously, the other team from Ohio that the Colts played last week not the best outing uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, what what needs to you know be different uh, about the Colts this week for them for them to win and beat the Bengals? I mean, QB play straightforward. It has to be Philip Rivers. First of all, I, I don't like that he didn't necessarily take accountability in the press conference after um, last week's game. He was blaming more. It was more than a pick or whatever he said. But he needs to step up. Let's be frank. Last week he was subpar, and I think it showed that he cannot necessarily lead this team if we are behind by double digits. Like That was my thoughts going into that week, and I think he proved it then. This is definitely a must-win, as you mentioned. If we want to be thought of a contenders, I saw on NFL.com they released their power rankings, and the Colts were 18th at this point. So if you lose the Bengals, like, I, I just don't think you see this team as a necessary contender. You've lost the Browns. If they lose this week, the Bengals and the Jaguars, which are all, which outside of the Browns are pretty bottom tier teams, we can all agree on. So it's a definite must win for this Colts to prove that they are in win now mode. Yeah, I agree. It's not necessarily a must win for playoffs um, because we're a long ways away from that, but it's a must win if you want to keep this team motivated to keep winning, you know? motivated to continue pushing for this season you're three two three two at this juncture and you know you're at this point last season when it kind of all rambled and 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 started to go to shambles so yeah i think it is a a must win for indy you're at home you're against the Bengals, who have proven they're not very good um but the Bengals have shown you know they've shown in on their offense of offensive side of the ball, they can put up points, and uh, it was a bad loss to the Ravens a week ago. But don't don't count the Bengals out. And you know the Colts go on by, I believe they go on by after this week. 
So you're going to hear the uh, media come out and say, oh, it's a trap game for the Colts. It's a trap game. It's not a very good opponent um, for, for Indy this week. They're going on by the next week. They already got their, their eyes set you know, on maybe some vacation plans for the bye week, so they're not going to show up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I honestly don't. Um, I think Frank Reich knows what needs to be done here. I think he's going to keep this team focused on this game. I hate the idea of using the word trap game. But, um, you know, the Colts have to stay focused. Otherwise, we'll mess around and lose to this Bengals team. Yeah, I, I think I, – but I do agree with the sentiment that it is a trap game because every single game outside the Ravens game, it's been within a one-possession score, whether losing or winning, inclu- including their one tie to the Eagles. So I don't think this, this Bengals team, as bad as the record shows them to be, is as bad as – they truly are as the record reflects and I did say they are a bottom tier team and I think that but they're a they're a scary bottom tier team they're kind of like the they're kind of they're kind of on a similar path to the Dolphins where they they can keep up with you even as bad as you think they are we think of the Bengals we think of the Dolphins as just bad teams but they still keep games close outside the Ravens obviously but I mean they they bear, they just lost to the Browns by five points who the Colts just lost to by uh by nine, I believe it was. So, like, you can't count this team out. No, you definitely can't. What I think the big advantage for the Colts here in this game is the offense, the Bengals' offensive line versus the Colts' defensive mm-hmm. line. I personally think that our defensive line can go out and have a day. I, you know, that Bengals' offensive line is not any good. We've seen that. Joe Burrow's been getting beat up. If they can win that defensive line, offensive line battle, I think it'll be a good standing for the Colts. Um, and keep it a low-scoring game because I think obviously when Colts, when the Colts let let their opponent get up into that 25-30 point range, it hasn't been good. So you got to control the defense, con- contain Joe Burrow, get to him early and often, and I don't think you'll have a problem beating the Bengals. Yeah, I, I think as you mentioned, you need to keep it low-scoring as possible because. The two games they've lost is because they've allowed their opponents to score 20 or 30. So if you can keep them in that um, double-digit 10 to 20 range, I think you'll be set. But if you let them go above that, that kind of worries me. To kind of that that would basically force Philip Rivers to have the ball in his hands. And personally, I don't like the idea of that. Yeah, we we saw it last week, and you've said it. You're down 10 with 10 minutes to go in the game. You put your faith in Phillip Rivers to lead you down the field and get two scores. And quite honestly, it's no. At this point in the season, it's no. He's proven that he can't do it. He couldn't do it against the Jaguars, couldn't do it against the Browns. Was there other factors that played into that? Could they have made some different adjustments throughout the game? For sure. But in the end, you got to have a quarterback that can do that for you, that can rely on if need be, because that does happen um, You know, from time to time. So keep it low scoring against the Bengals. I don't think you have any problem. Uh, the next matchup that I wanted to get to, Steelers-Browns. Obviously, the Browns are 4-1 and one at this point in the season. The Steelers are 4-0. and oh. This is going to be a huge game, um, and I can't wait to watch this game. I think I think it'll be fantastic. Um, your thoughts on, on Steelers-Browns matchup coming at your way on uh, on Sunday? Uh, I'm liking the I'm so this may be a, like a surprising take, but I actually like the Browns in this one just for the simple fact that I as 
As good as Big Ben is, I'm just not a believer in the Steelers team. What we've seen from them has just been suspect. They've kept the Giants in the game. The Broncos, who were, it was that Drew Locke slash uh, Jeff Driscoll game that happened. They kept them close. They kept the Texans, who still had Bill O'Brien close. And they kept the Eagles close all the way until the end, until they kind of pulled away with Chase Claypool doing Chase Claypool things. And now when you look at this Browns team, who's rolling, who's 4-1 who's and one since God knows the last time they, were, they, they had four wins at the start of this season. Like, this Browns team rolling off wins of the Cowboys, Colts, Washington, and the Bengals. And now you go into an even bigger matchup in the Steelers. I think the Browns are going to come motivated, going to come out firing, and potentially sneak out a win. There's great reasons to pick the Browns in this one. There is fantastic reasons too. They are hot. Mm-hmm. You know, they got the offense like we've seen. They're confident. And what scares me about the Browns is they've gotten Odell Beckham Jr. involved. Mm-hmm. Last season, not involved. I mean, when you you just look at the stats from last season, he just wasn't that involved in the offense. This season, he's the leading uh, tied for leading uh, receiver with 21 receptions and 294 yards. Three touchdowns. That scares me. That really scares me about the Browns because last year, uh, Freddie Kitchens could not find a recipe to get Odell Beckham Jr. involved in the game. And I said it last year, and I preached this last year, you have got to get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. He is by far one of the best receivers in the league, and you're not utilizing him. Well, this year they have. And... That really, really, really scares me about the Browns because once Odell Beckham Jr. gets rolling like he has, it's very, very hard to stop him. And I don't know if this Steelers secondary has the tools to do that. Yeah, especially after we saw the uh, Eagles kind of full under the, I would say, terrible Eagles offense. And Miles Sanders had himself a day. Travis Fulgham, who came out of nowhere, put up amazing stats. So, it's, it's going to be hard going from a team whose offense is not bad to we've seen Baker been able to put up points this season, which we like. I was kind of a hater on him towards the beginning of the season. Starting to lighten up, still not a full believer in him personally, but he's done some great things this um, season. And if the Steelers come out like they did last week against the Eagles, I'm not sure they can keep up with the Browns. Yeah, I agree. Um I don't think, and I don't think playing catch up if you're the Steelers is going to be a good idea on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Don't let the uh, don't let the Browns get out to a big league because I don't think playing catch up is a good idea against an offense like this. So I'm really intrigued in this matchup. Another matchup that I'm really intrigued in on Sunday is the uh, Bucks and Packers. That's a late game on Sunday. The Packers are really hot coming off a of bye week. The Buccaneers have started to figure it out. Um, your thoughts? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, obviously one of the the two best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think this matchup will be will be intense. I think it'll be high scoring, and I think you know that's going to come down to one or two plays in the game. Yeah, I I think what uh, I don't think people are talking enough of Tom Brady. Yes, we've seen the pick six, and then he has half as many picks as he did the previous season, but he also have has as many half 
he has half the many t passing touchdowns than he did a week ago. He has 1,300 yards on this season. I think him in this offense is proving to kind of work out. He put up five touchdowns, I believe it was, or four touchdowns against the Chargers. I think this is going to be a straight gun gunslinger game between him and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is Devontae Adams uh, playing? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure on that. Let me uh, let me do some research real quick. But he's not on the injury report for this week. So he's playing. That's going to help Aaron Rodgers even more. We've seen him basically have the cleaning crew out there out there for him to throw to. It's going to help him out tremendous. I'm expecting a big things about this game, but who knows? This game may end up disappointing all of us, which we've seen. Like the Ravens Chiefs comes to mind just doesn't work out in the end when you have two great offenses going against each other. Yeah, well, you always talk about, oh, two great offenses are going to be high-scoring, bet the over. I, You know, it could turn into a defensive battle. It really could. What I'm looking forward to in this game, not I'm looking forward to the quarterback, uh, quarterbacks going back and forth, obviously, but I'm looking forward to the running backs. Aaron Jones for Green Bay and Ronald Jones uh, the second, Ronald Jones Jr. from Tampa Bay. These two running backs have similar stats. 374 yards for Jones, 359 yards for um, for Jones Jr. They, uh, J uh, Ronald has a touchdown, Aaron has four touchdowns. I think this matchup will be fun to watch. They've used Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay out of the backfield, uh, you know, kind of tossing it off to him a lot more than uh, Tom or than Aaron Rodgers has used that with Aaron Jones. So I think that this matchup will be will be fun to watch. See these running backs go head to head and, and see which one prevails in this matchup. Also, the Buccaneers uh, Leonard Fournette returned to practice, so they may have him available. It's not really clear if he will play, but he's at least returned to practice, so they may have him available for that game. So, yeah, as you mentioned, the running backs, Ronald Jones Jr. having himself a year. Aaron Jones, of course, we all know, having himself a year as well. Two great running backs, two great offenses. We'll just have to watch and find yeah. out. It's definitely going to be a sit back and uh, watch this game because it's going to be uh, fun to watch. Uh, down there in Tampa, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady. Sam, let's get to everybody's favorite segment here. It's Lock It Down. Um, I originally, uh, I'll let you do yours first and I'll explain But because uh, I had to kind of change mine last minute here. But we're both 7 and 3. Um, I caught up to you last week. I went 2 and 0. You went 1 and 1. Um, take me through who you're picking this week. I, I, I don't understand why Vegas keeps sleeping on the uh, the Panthers, but they do. They weren't favored against the uh, Falcons last week. We saw what they did. Had a solid one against them. And now they're only mi minus one and a half versus the Bears. I don't think this offense is ready for what I think people are sleeping on this Panthers defense. They've shown up time and time again. Didn't allow Matt Ryan to a single passing touchdown last week, even with all the weapons he has. I think this Panthers offense, not to mention, even without Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis stepping in there has just been a beast, a stud. I have him in a fantasy football league. Like, this Panthers team is being slept on. I don't understand why. I think they get it done in the Bears by at least more than two points. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, the Bears have an, uh, you know, kind of have a um, a reputation to to linger with certain teams. So that's one thing that would get me skeptical about that pick is the Bears do tend to linger a little bit when you get 
uh, Nick Foles in there, that, that can be problematic occasionally. And for my second pick, I'm I'm going to go with the surprising one. You said it was surprising. I'm going to go with the Jets 9.5 at the Dolphins. Now, I'm not saying the Jets are going to win by any means. Don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not saying that at all. But I think based off what we saw last week, the Dolphins were firing on all cylinders, had the perfect game. I think they're going to come back to earth a little bit. I'm not saying they will they will uh, have a close game with the Jets by any means. I'm saying it's going to be close enough to at least cover the spread. I think the Dolphins will win by just like a single touchdown. I think they're going to come back to earth a little bit. I like what Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick's doing or Fitzmagic, whatever you want to call him, is doing. But I think the Jets can at least keep it close enough to the nine and a half spread. Nine and a half's a lot, even for a Dolphins team who has been rolling of late. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, the Dolphins team has been rolling, but again, nine, nine and a half point spread is, is tough to cover in the NFL for me. Uh, I originally picked the Falcons uh, plus one and a half against the Vikings, but that game is now in question with four uh, people testing positive in the organization. Not sure if that game is going to happen or not. So I revised it. I'm going to pick the Steelers on the money line. I'm picking them to win. To me, this is kind of just a pick em game. The Steelers are currently favored by three. Um, I'm not going to take that. I think they win, but I think it's going to be a close, you know, maybe a field goal to win by one or something like that. I see this game ending up around like 31-29, 31-28, somewhere around in that range, maybe 35-31 to 31 or somewhere around there. I'm taking Pittsburgh on the money line in this game. And then my second pick, I'm taking the Cowboys. Um, they're underdogs, plus one and a half against the Cardinals. Uh, home uh, home dogs, I think um, – I think this will be a good opportunity for the Cowboys. Obviously, Dak Prescott's going down, throws a wrench into plants. But the Red Rocket and Andy Dalton, I think he can do good things with this team. The The Cowboys have enough weapons around him to do things. They're going to go heavy, heavy, heavy Ezekiel Elliott. So I think this game will turn into an Ezekiel Elliott just absolute feast. I think the Cowboys get it done. I see them winning by uh, potentially a touchdown against the Cardinals. I was high on the Cardinals early in the season, but they've proven that they're, you know, maybe they have a few more, um, I don't know what you call them, a few more downfalls than maybe what uh, we thought there at the beginning of the season. So that's what I'm going with, Sam. You got anything else uh, before we close it out today? Um, Yeah, I just got a notification. This is NBA news, not related to anything we've covered, but I just got a tweet from Adrian Wo- Wojnarowski that says, Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey is stepping down. So not only did they lose uh, Mike D'Antoni, they've also lost uh, Daryl Morey this offseason. So that's just something to follow as well. We'll see what they do down there uh, with the NBA. We thank you for uh, updating us on that breaking news. See, that's why you listen, because sometimes we get breaking news in the podcast. It's always fun to talk about that right when it's uh, hot off the press. But, yeah, it'll be interesting news. The Pacers should hire a new head coach here soon-ish. Uh, the names have been floating around. Uh, he, heat assistants, I believe two of yeah. them have been floating around. We, we don't know at this moment. <laughs> we really won't know until they have a press conference and announce it and you sign. So mm-hmm. uh, that's going to do it for us today, Sam. Uh, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to, you on, uh, talk to you on Monday. Okay, peace. All right, this is Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. Uh, NFL teams that are on by this week, right? Uh, really quick, too, before we go. Raiders, Saints, Chargers, and Seahawks. They're all on by this week. Um, so, Russell Wilson getting that MVP arm rested up this week. We'll talk to you on Monday for Monday Mayhem. We'll break down week six in the NFL, get you set uh, for 
week number seven. The NFL season seems like it is absolutely flying by, but uh, we thank you for tuning in. This is, uh, you know, this podcast has been fun so far, and uh, we're, we're keeping it that way. So thanks for tuning in. Share it with a friend um, if you haven't already. Tell tell us tell us about you know tell tell us about uh, or tell them about us. I guess is what I should be saying. But all right, we'll we'll see you on Monday. I gotta quit rambling on here. Uh, have a great night, day, whatever. Uh, whatever time and day you're listening to this. But uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.